be talking about struggling to communicate this morning. Um, I think that's a topic that's probably discussed a lot in early years, don't you think that? Oh, it's, it, it is. And this has been one of the most helpful courses that I think we've put together. And mm. I've got so much like input from you and so much knowledge that I feel that we're doing what we what we can do to the best of our ability because we keep tapping into your knowledge and going right okay what else can we do you know and being yeah. a little bit more confident in what we do as well really and I think that's it I think it's very difficult you know the expectations and we've said this before in one of our other podcasts but the expectations on early years start to be doing so many things to so be you know supporting speech therapists to be supporting physios OTs educational psychologists you know you're you're in a role and also being you know the children's key person you're doing all these roles um, with often with little training you know in those specialist areas so it's important it is important that we can share as much information as we can yeah um, it's important to get it it's important to get it right and it's important to be confident in what you do isn't it yeah, and it's, but it's important to start somewhere and have a go isn't it because because yeah, I think is. doing nothing isn't really an option is it Not so we're going to going to do something so you know so yeah, we can help we, we, know, we know that one, about 1.4 million children in the uk have long-term speech language and communication needs and that's that's a lot when we say long term we're talking about children who we identify in the early years but these these difficulties are persisting right through to adulthood um and you and i Yvette, we you know we've looked into the research on this and we know that the impact of that is huge so the impact on emotional well-being the impact on employment um you know just accessing you know the life you want to have it can be really really impacted and we we also know that about 60 percent of young offenders um have had speech and language communication needs identified and you you know you have to think about that and the reasons why these young people have you know not been able to succeed in education and how they found themselves in in challenging situations so and yeah it, that's it's that is just that is just seriously too high isn't it that is something that you know hopefully in early years we we do get it right and we work really well with with children but that does show a stark reminder of like actually that's a massively high percentage isn't yeah, it so it is. you know really, that's that really sad statistic for me i find that really really sad so we've we've got the power to sort of change that hasn't we always say about that we've got the power in our hands to sort of change that and make a difference and just Absolutely. do what we can do and i know like people always say you know you, it's difficult to access speech and language at the moment so we've got to put a nod to that because actually yes it, it is it is harder to access but yeah. that's why you know we do what we do and we try and sort of have have the training sessions and we've written a book on struggling to communicate so that's yeah. on our website so have a look at that and it might what we've done is done something that makes a real impact in practice and it's really easy to use isn't it so we've looked yeah. we looked at what was needed and i wanted a book that i could just keep tapping into because you can't physically as an early years lead and mentally remember everything you're meant no, to do i think we did a, we did a job list with all of the providers we were like right let's get this together so we had like sort of about 200 people working on what how many jobs you do we're up to about at least four a a four pages yeah. aren't we and, and the stuff that yeah. you just think oh my goodness this is this is so many roles so yeah that's yeah. a that probably is another podcast as well it, but actually it's a really valid point because you don't have to remember all the information you just need to know where to go to find it yeah definitely and I think that's really important and that's why we always say please email us at rebecca at thrivinglanguage.co.uk with any queries as long as they're anonymous queries 
um, you know, we can certainly give you some advice or some, you know, put you in the right direction for further information. Yeah, so definitely. Really definitely use use the skills, and we can we can definitely help. So, and it's just nice. I mean, um, my team email into Bex as well, and email into us, and I'm like, email in, and we'll see and see if we're doing it right. And you know, nobody gets it right all the time, so it's so, just. Absolutely. It's just really important to just start somewhere and do something, isn't it, really? It so. is. And actually, you know, this is obviously just a, a brief 10-minute podcast, but we wanted to just touch on, you know, perhaps the three, three of the main areas you might see in early years. And, you know, from a speech and language therapy point of view, you know, working in early years, I think that the most common difficulties I come across are, are language comprehension. So children struggling to understand what's being said to them. Um, so these are the children you might notice are watching and copying other children. They might be the last to respond to something when you've asked asked a, a you know a group giving a group of instruction. They might not engage if it's a high language level activity. So if if you are doing a group story time, they might struggle to engage with that because they're struggling to understand what you're saying. So. And there's lots, a lot more features um, of, of, you know, comprehension difficulties, but I can't tap into those right I now. Was, I was just wondering, Bets, if that's like, I'm just thinking about like those areas in your, in um, the setting, in the, in the environment and in the inside environment where like we've brought a, a sofa in. And, and we've made it as homely as possible. And I know lots of settings do that, but the more you can make it homely and the more you've got a big kitchen table you can all sit at to eat a really nice like a sofa that you can sit on so we don't have um a group story time unless it's a natural group story time but we have stories throughout the day all day so we're there and and actually do you think that would really work for that i think it would work hugely because actually if you because you all have you know you have children with such varying abilities and so you've got some very very highly skilled you know children with their language development and they are quite happy perhaps to sit and look through a whole book and they want to hear the story they want that narrative but you might have other children who would absolutely love to share that 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 interaction with you to snuggle up on the sofa to look through a book but those my children might be children where you're just pointing out key words. Yeah. Um, so actually, yes, if you were doing it as, as a whole group, you, it's really hard to meet the needs of both types of children. But, you know, both both types of children need that, that input at the right level. So to snuggle up on a sofa and to even just look through a book, just the act of sitting together and showing that you're interested in the child, you know, and then just slipping in a little bit of vocabulary, that that that's more about that quality interaction is in that children feeling valued and and you know that professional love you know so yeah absolutely. oh yeah and it, and it, and again it becomes like snack time it becomes one of our like favorite times you know and and we we sit and we sit really naturally and we we engage and like you say it's that quality interaction because i can yeah. learn i can learn loads of the children the children will tell me the story it's not just me i'm not talking and telling the story all the time they're telling me the story and they're telling it in their own way and we're adding like little, little bits of provocation on along the way yeah. and just much more having a nice chat really yeah. you know and yeah. who doesn't like to snuggle down with a book even if you're looking at the pictures or a magazine or whatever it's just just a nice yeah. thing to do isn't that, it really that's it and actually I think that would be for children who are struggling to understand what's being said I think just you know a couple of very top tips and again this is about you as a practitioner not about you know things to buy in but my top tips would be just really just Speak slowly and clearly. It sounds really obvious, but reduce your language. So you, you know, we're we're real chatters, Beck and I. But <laughs> in, in practice, I speak much more slowly, and I really I don't waste words. I would just, you know, say the words that that child needs to hear in order to understand what what's happening around them. So, you know, 
long sentences for some children are fine but if you think a child is struggling to understand really just reduce your language and, and keep it really short and simple would be my top tip for these children yeah oh that's really that's really helpful and that work that works really well in practice because I know we we do that and sort of you come in and sort of, you know we look together in the environment and sort of see what works really don't we and, and what works for the for all the children really so yeah, yeah and I think the other the other one you might come across a lot in children with difficulties is language expression so these okay. are children who might be struggling to put sentences together they might be struggling to get their first words so you might have a two-year-old who can only communicate using gestures or by taking you to what they want um, but you might have a, a four-year-old who's got sentences but they're not quite as you'd expect for a four-year-old so it's quite a range of difficulties um, and again these are the children you, you notice these children because they are taking you they, they might be getting frustrated if they can't tell you what they want um, so it's quite it's a bit easier to spot really um, and for these children again it's there's so many strategies and so many top tips but I think if we're looking at children who are really struggling with that those first words in in, in practice a, a great top tip really is, is introducing choices okay, um, yeah. it's something you can do easily without again without having to change your practice so at snack time if they're having a drink it's in milk or water and again we, we always we always talk about this we always model good manners but we don't want a child's first word to be please it's it's totally useless really it's very very english and polite but really it doesn't have any function to it so you know we we don't want you to be you know oh milk please you can model it but we don't expect it from the child and we want so, it to be quite natural as well don't we yeah. it's not again that's what we were saying about snack time if you're if you're sitting down with the children and you're you're talking to the children like that and offering a choice then actually it needs to be how we would be offered a choice as well isn't it really natural and do you yeah. think there as well like looking for those gestures looking for those we're not waiting for a child to make the actual physical vocal choice are we we're, make, we're yeah, just ultimately that's what we're working towards but what we do is we want the child to know that when they do something they can have what what they, they're wanting so it's like simple cause and effect so it's you know, which like milk or water, and yeah, looking if you're at the right level, you'll notice the eye pointing, you might notice the hand slightly reaching, and that's absolutely perfect because that's that's non verbal communication. And we go, Oh, you'd like some milk, you know, or milk, and you know, so the child, the child knows that you have noticed what they're trying to communicate and that's really powerful so yeah and that child that child's heard aren't they then in whichever way they've tried to communicate that child's heard Absolutely. so and you're always modeling the word the target word that we want them to hear and we know that some children need to hear a word about 250 times before they're going to say it so that modeling is is really important so for these children that you know it's just a little strategy that you can be doing and again probably the biggest top tip is that modeling so you know repeat 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 it's how children learn and you can repeat without as well yeah which i oh thanks that's that was really helpful lovely to speak to you today okay Take care, bye, bye.